Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about racing against the property clock. How long does the bottom of the market actually last? Now, every market has its downs, but how long does that down actually last? Now, today we're going to analyse past property market downturns to try and understand, well, how long does that bottom of the market typically last? You know, what happens if we wait too long? Now, Andrew, before we dive into the history, let's clarify, well, what do we actually mean by the bottom of a market? Okay, so property prices go up and down. So they move in cycles. So they don't just always go up. So people often look at the long term and say, okay, well, on average, properties go up by 6% a year in Auckland, for example, right? But you're going to have times where they'll go up by 10% and times that they'll go down by 10%. And so you've got to remember the bottom of the market is this phase where we're talking about prices being at the lowest point in their cycle. And this reduced demand comes from things like economic downturns, policy changes, and often global events as well will have a... Any of those sound familiar at the moment? <laughs> yeah. Economic downturns, policy changes, and global events. Yeah, yeah. So we've got some stuff happening at the moment. So we've had some major policy changes making it more challenging to be a landlord or more expensive to be a landlord in some instances. We've got a big war in Ukraine, which is contributing to high inflation and therefore higher interest rates. But eventually, New Zealand is technically in recession. Yeah, but eventually we're going to see prices bounce back. But how long have you got? So can you remember any significant property market downturns in our history, Andrew? Yeah, I remember the GFC clearly because I was operating as an investor at that time. I was operating as a mortgage broker. I was very involved with, you know, seeing people being unable to get finance and therefore property prices dropping. I remember that very, very clearly. So let's dig into the GFC and go back there and look at some property market data. And I'm specifically thinking about, well, let's say you could time the property market perfectly back in 2008, 2009. We're pulling out our crystal balls and giving them a wee polish. <laughs> let's take a look at the tea leaves. So we can only tell when the bottom of the market is. We don't know the recovery. Is that what our crystal ball tells us? So what we're going to do is if we purchased a property at the bottom of each market, mm-hmm. how much money would we have made six months later? Now, this mm-hmm. is going to tell us either how much money we could make in six months or how much we've potentially missed out on. Now, one of the difficulties in doing this is that all parts of New Zealand bottom out at different times. So when I go back and look at that GFC downturn, Lower Hutt, for instance, they were the first major city in New Zealand to bottom out. They bottomed out August 2008. That was about 15 months after property prices peaked. And what's quite interesting is actually, if we look at the peak today, it was probably about 18-odd months ago. Now, after Lower Hutt, Wellington City, Dunedin, Nelson, they bottomed out the next month in September. Auckland, Palmy, New Plymouth, they bottomed out three months after that in December, so four months after Lower Hutt. But if we look at some of our other major centres, it wasn't until about a year, so about 15 months after Lower Hutt bottomed out, that Queenstown, Invercargill and Tauranga all bottomed out. And so there's this 15-month period, over a year period, where all of the different property markets in New Zealand are bottoming out. So even if we think about today, the 17th of August, 2023, even if we said, well, this is the bottom of the market for, let's just, for example, say Lower Hutt, there might be another year or so where all of the different markets bottom out at different times. So that's one of the challenges that we've got to come out with because, of course, the New Zealand property market isn't just one massive property market. It's made up of a whole heap of different segments. Now, Andrew, let's say you could time the market perfectly. How much would you as an investor have made 
in six months if you'd bought a property at the bottom of each different market and then waited six months. Okay, so let's go back to the GFC in 2008. Auckland house prices fell 13.8% there and Tauranga was the same. Invercargill, massive 17.5% drop and Christchurch 12.4%. Now, Auckland bounced back 4.2% over the next six months. Tauranga was 2.7%. Invercargill was a massive 7 but remember it dropped 17.5%. And Christchurch 4.1%. Now, the median sale price of an Auckland property today is about a million dollars. So if you saw a 4.2% bounce in the next six months, the median house value will have gone up by $42,000. Easy for your economic brain there, Ed. Well, what's important to note is that the bounce back's not going to happen exactly like that. So we're not sitting here and saying buy a property at Auckland today because you're all going to make $42,000 in six months. Well, no, because the Auckland market has even dropped more than that this time round. Well, the, yeah, it's dropped about 23% at the day we're recording this. But what we're trying to give you some examples of is how things change after the bottom of the market. So I've had a lot of investors say, what does the property market look like over the next 12 months? How quickly are prices going to spring back? And how much time have I got in order to be able to figure the property market out? And what would actually amaze me running these figures is that, especially in some of those places like Invercargill, and I'm going to come to Queenstown shortly, some of those places that really dropped in value by a lot sprung back really, really quickly. And one of the things that I always think about is that if you miss out on property prices going up by, say, 4.2% and you wait six months, in many ways, you miss out twice. Firstly, you've missed out on getting $42,000. So you bought your million-dollar house. It's gone up by 4.2%. You've missed out on whatever that gain in your specific market is. But also, if you now wait to buy, you've got to borrow more money to buy the same investment property. And although, of course, okay, it's a more valuable property now, and I'm paying a higher price, but that property is worth more, because you're taking on more debt, that means potentially higher mortgage repayments. Or, well, actually, if the interest rate is the same, it means exactly that, higher mortgage repayments. But it also means tougher servicing criteria. It's going to become harder for you to purchase that house and also harder for you to purchase the next property in the future because you now are holding more debt. So I think a lot of investors need to think about those two ways that it makes it harder as house prices go up. But it's also important to note that not everywhere bounced back so quickly. So Nelson property prices only bounced back 0.5% in six months after they bottomed out. So they were pretty much flat for six months. Wellington City, this is back in the GFC, bounced back only 1% in six months and Lower Hutt, 1.3%. So some places will bounce back faster than others and some areas will stay flat for a little while after they eventually bottom out. So some areas you'll have more time, other areas you won't. So that probably leads to a really good question, Andrew, of, well, which areas are going to bounce back more quickly than others? You know, how can we tell which ones are going to see the fastest bounce back? So back in the GFC, generally the areas which had the largest price falls also saw the largest bounce backs because they, it's correcting again. So places like Queenstown saw a massive 22% drop, then bounce back 10% in the next six months from the bottom of the market. So largest price drop, largest bounce back over the six months later. Now, remember you said Nelson had the smallest bounce back of 0.5%. Well, it also had the smaller drop of 7.6%. So a smaller house drop, then a smaller recovery six months later. So that kind of makes sense intuitively, right? If you see a massive 
price drop, you're probably going to see a larger bounce back. I mean, all else, other things being equal. And one of the reasons this likely happens is, you know, property markets aren't perfect. So what's the price of the, a property based on? Well, it's based on how many people want to buy and how many people are willing to sell. And a lot of this can depend on sentiment. So that means that sometimes at the peak of the market, the property market can get extremely heated because we're all jumping in for getting our senses. I remember doing a podcast probably about a year ago now talking about the animal spirits of I the market. I remember that. And I, it got a bit cooked at that. Yeah, it did. And, um, <laughs> That's why I remember it. I, I, went, I, I went on a big tangent. <laughs> and we we're talking about that prices can effectively go above a theoretical fundamental value. Well, the opposite is true. So sometimes you can see a market, like I think Wellington during the peak, I even think about places like Wanganui and Gisborne are exactly the same. Property prices went well above what I quote unquote think they should be. That's why we have that undervalued, overvalued model. And so I think you have those areas that go way too high, but then similarly the opposite can happen where prices fall well below what their fundamental value is. So I think when we think about a place like Queenstown during the GFC, the fact that it fell 22%, well, it probably fell too much compared to the rest of New Zealand. And so people thought, okay, Queenstown looks like really good value now. I think I'm getting a bargain. So we see a bit of a bounce back then. So it's probably worth looking at specific areas in New Zealand and say, well, which parts have seen property prices fall the most? And Wellington has definitely been the hardest hit at the most recent property price drop. Sitting here recording today, Lower Hutt down 29%. Wellington City down 24% and Auckland down a massive 23%. So you may see a faster bounce back in some of these areas. There'll be some other factors to consider, which we'll talk about in a minute. But those are the areas that have seen the largest drops, so have more potential for a bounce back. If I think about a place like Christchurch, you're probably not going to see the biggest bounce back. Property prices there are only down about 10 11%. So because they haven't dropped by a massive amount, you're probably not going to see it as fast as a bounce back over the next six months. So I'm specifically only talking about the next six months after the bottom of the market. I'm not talking about the long-term growth prospects. That's what we talk about elsewhere on this podcast. I also don't think you should focus too much just on the next six months because you're probably going to be holding a property for 15 plus years. So I wouldn't just buy where I think there's going to be the best bounce back if I think that after that it's going to be flat for the next eight years. But I know that's where you're often thinking about some other factors, Andrew. Yeah, so places like Wellington. So Wellington's an interesting one because it was way overvalued for quite a wee while and now it's come massively down. I don't think it's going to get the same bounce back as an area like Auckland, which has had, you know, similar drop to Wellington City because a big part of the market there is driven by government. So if we get a change in government and we move to a national government, there will be less spending. And as a result, that will change the dynamic in the Wellington market, in my opinion, or in my experience. Okay, that's really interesting. You've also got to look at it within the context of other data, right? So one of the things that we've discussed is that Wellington got so cooked for six years, from about 2015 up to 2021. So it was on this massive bull run. So the fact that it's come down by quite a bit, perhaps that's more representative of the fact that it got so cooked, got so hot, that this is a bit of a correction down. So this isn't the only thing you should look at, but it's one thing to consider as you are making your property investment decisions. We will have some areas, like we've seen in the past, that will bounce back more quickly. And it might be 5% in six months. It might be 7% in six months in certain areas. Now, Andrew, can looking at data from the past actually help us figure out 
the future because things change all the time, right? It's a different world today than it was back in 2008 when you were 25 years old. Yeah, well, I know you like the saying, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. And look, when you talk about themes and trends that we tend to notice in data, they're probably likely to happen again, like the bigger drop, bigger immediate bounce back. Yeah, so just because Queenstown jumped back 12% during the last GFC, that doesn't mean that Queenstown's going to bounce back 12% again. History's not going to repeat that way. But if we look at those patterns, we'll probably see the same patterns come back again and again. And you might also ask, well, what happens after that immediate six months? Well, again, in some areas, we might see a bit of a bounce back, but things will stay flat for a wee while. I'd expect that in those heated markets that got some of the best growth over the prior six years. In some other areas, we might see a slower bounce back, but it will continue to increase over time as the property market continues to adjust. And look, while history's a great teacher, the future doesn't always mirror the past. So long-term informed strategies will always fare better than short-term speculation. So some people listening to the show will think, I'm not going to invest now because I've missed the bottom in the market. Well, it doesn't matter if you're investing for 10 or 20 years because you're going to see the cycle play out again in that period of time. So it's really interesting just people's mentality around trying to pick the market correctly. I, I know that there've been investors sitting on the sidelines waiting for the bottom of the market. Now they're scared because the election's coming up. Next year, there might be a, a flood risk in Auckland. And so they're worried about that. There's always something to stop them investing. I think the main thing is, as a property investor, it's such a mental game. But the truth is, you've got to get runs on the board. You've got to buy your first property so you can buy your second property. And you can't buy your third property until you get your second property. You can't buy your fifth until you've bought your fourth. It's not about just go out and buy something. But you've got to get some runs on the board so you get experience about what to look for. There will be investors listening to the show right now, I guarantee it, who really want to buy something but won't. And in 10 years' time, they still won't have purchased something and they're going to be in a very similar financial position to they are today. Their mortgage might be a bit lower, but they won't have assets outside of their home. Now, I'm not saying this to be a jerk. I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm a mean person, though you might disagree with that, Andrew, and say, actually, <laughs> yeah, Ed, that naturally. Ed, you're not a nice person at all. <laughs> but what I'm just simply trying to demonstrate is there are people, and I know this because I get to meet you guys, that have done exceptionally well over the last four or five years. Some of you have been investing for 20 years because you've gone out, you've invested, you've weathered the ups and the downs of the property market and you're better for it now. And there are some of the others who they are always in that thinking zone where you're thinking too much and because of that, you're missing out on that opportunity and will be poorer for it. Oh, I feel so bad saying no, that. It's but the, no, because it's the truth and this will hopefully this will help someone go, yeah, that's me. I just need to actually do something and take action. That's the nice thing to do. That's the yeah. kind thing. The kindest butcher has the sharpest knife, as Ollie oh, McKenna always says. Yeah, I'm therapist Ed McKnight, PhD. <laughs> right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, techniques, and insights to help you get the most out of your on the property market. Until next time.